really excited. It's I been am. fun to get back into the swing of things. I know. And I feel so re-energized once we start talking about these amazing women. I know. There's it's, so many in Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's it's really, when we're not podcasting, I feel like we have to come. I know. I want to get back to the studio it. and hear these women's stories. And Well, it's funny because it's like you, you're out in the community and then you start meeting women and you're like, you need to be on. You need I know. to be on. You need to be or on. Or then you're talking to the women that even come on the podcast. It's like, oh, we need to talk to like that person. Ugh. Like I'm making a mental list. Just I know. It's amazing. Yeah. But that's what's so cool about this is Pittsburgh delivers when it comes to amazing women that doing amazing things. For sure. Mm-hmm. That is for sure. Um, we want to give a shout out to some of our Patreon patrons, Bobby Cherry. More amazing people. I know. Bobby Cherry, <laughs> who's a good friend of ours. Um, uh, Teresa Kaufman and Mary McKinney Flaherty, who are very generous and help support the show and mm-hmm. help us keep bringing you amazing women's stories. And speaking of amazing women. Ugh. Um, this is a guest who came to us via our generous sponsor, uh, C. Charon, Charon mm-hmm. Law Offices, uh, Julia Pepping. Um, her Hello. story is really interesting. She's been in IT for a long while and kind of has seen the industry grow and, and had actually some kind of depressing statistics before we started rolling. So we're going to talk about what she's doing to kind of change the balance a little bit. So welcome to the Thank show. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for having me. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm so excited to have you here. And you were telling us some really interesting things before we started rolling because we like to warm up with our guests yeah. a little bit and yeah. right. kind of get the juices flowing. But you have to start off by talking a little bit about your your history and some of the things that you've learned. Sure, sure. Um, I, I do want to start out because you had mentioned Steve mm-hmm. Charon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was... Um, so timing-wise, I started in the IT industry in the early 80s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I semi-retired in 2015 for a lot of reasons to help my parents. There were things I wanted to do that I didn't have time to do, and the travel was done. Plus, my kids were out of the house, and financially, I could do it, right? Went to a financial planner, said, can I do this? Start my own consulting business. So I was recommended that Steve Charon would be the um, attorney to help me get things going and and review some contracts for me. So he was was awesome. That was great. But when when I did that, and I started looking into doing my own consulting and and getting it out in the community a little bit more, um, I, I started reading about women's participation in tech hmm. and learned that the, the women in tech as a percent peaked in 1984. Wait, let's just stop At, and okay. restate that. Yeah. In 1984, 1984 yep. we mm-hmm. peaked. Yes. Women in tech. That's yes. insane Before to me. Before the internet. <laughs> I know. Like, that's mind-blowing. Like, it's comical. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. So when yeah. you when you read that statistic yourself, what was your mind blown to? I mean, what Absolutely. did you think? My mind was blown, and I was like, "This, how can this be? So, of course, then you start thinking, what's wrong? And you kind of know, because you're kind of reading things about Silicon Valley and the bro culture and things that are going on that aren't quite right. So you acknowledge the fact that, well, tech has grown explosively and and women just haven't either chosen to or been encouraged to or been promoted through mm-hmm. in the technical industry. So, so that statistic, you're right, that caught me. But re- what really caught me was the statistic that 56% of women leave tech careers mid-career. Wow. And the first thing out of people's mouths is, well, they're staying home to raise children. Mm. And the answer is no. Hmm. That's not what it is. It's There's a lot of different reasons, but a lot of times they go to nonprofits. They go to places where their work is more meaningful, where they mm. feel more fulfilled. So, so the thought is, well, wait a minute. I mean, I had a fabulous tech career. It was very meaningful. I had a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't always easy, but I was always solving problems and making people's lives better. Yeah. So why, you know, where's the disconnect here? And that's, some of those things drove me to reach out to people that I had been connected with um, th- 
through my working life at the Pittsburgh Tech Council, mm -hmm. Audrey Russo, yeah. um, Jinx mm -hmm. Walton, who's, mm -hmm. who's on the board there and CIO at Pitt, um, to say, can, can we do something in Pittsburgh? Let's have an event. Let's make, let's show people what's going on and make people aware of this. So it was really more awareness and advocacy. Mm -hmm. um, got great support from them. And we used a, uh, an advocacy program called Sit With Me, mm -hmm. which is a national program. It's a National Center for Women in Tech. What they do, which I think is very cool, is they do a lot of research around women in technology, um, but they use this Red Chair Sit With Me campaign as a way to kind of mm -hmm. create awareness. So all the marketing materials, the chair, the, you know, the verbiage, everything was there, so we didn't have to create it ourselves, mm -hmm. and the research. So they, they gave us flyers, statistics, things to hand out at an event. So we had our first event in 2015, mm -hmm. and it was really about let's just make some people open their eyes. Well, there are a couple things happened <laughs> out of that, mm -hmm. right? Um, number one, women were like, oh my gosh, this is fabulous. We're, I want to be part of this organization. I want to help, et cetera. And there really wasn't an organization. It was really just an event. Yeah. So, so that kind of became a call to action, right? Yeah. And the second thing that happened is the executives that were there, because we wanted to focus on business leaders that were making decisions around tech so they could start to understand that this is an issue and you can really be doing something about this. Don't just say there aren't women out there. Um, they were like, well, what should we do? Tell yeah. us what to do. How do, how do we fix this? Yeah. And obviously it's not easy. And but, you have all the answers. Right. Yes. You know, You're a woman. Fix yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So it's like, well, um, let's, so, so serving two masters, we want women to be comfortable. There, there's a community out there mm -hmm. of women working in tech who can support you. You can bounce things off of, will help mentor you and maybe help you learn in your career. Um, women often lack role models when they're in the minority, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So you look up and you go, I could be her. If mm -hmm. you see a woman in yes. leadership or, you know, really doing some cool things, which is what you guys are doing, right? Oh, you guys hopefully. are doing that hopefully. same thing. It's like, let's, let's make sure people know that there are women out here doing amazing things. So with, with Red Chair, it was the same thing. It's like, let's make sure that the, you know there are women out there. So the name of the organization you. is Red, the Red Chair. Oh, Red Chair Pittsburgh, sorry. Yes. That's okay. I just want people to know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that was um, from the very first meetings we had at Pittsburgh Tech Council. I think it might have been Lynn Banizak. Oh, yeah. Lynn, she's yeah, awesome. exactly. Wonderful. Like, why not Red Chair Pittsburgh? It's, it's yeah. Cool. yeah, yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. And so why is it a Red Chair? What does that symbolize? Like, I know that's part of the symbol. Why, yeah. how do they arrive at a Red Chair? Is that, that um, to symbolize a woman who's not at the table? Yeah, a Red Chair symbolizes, it's, it's bright, mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. captures your attention. Can't ignore it. And it's like, let's sit at the table, let's sit and have a conversation about what's going on. Mm -hmm. So that was really the, the intent was, the, the Sit With Me campaign is sit in support. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you take your, your Twitter picture and say, why are you sitting in support of women in tech? Because I want my daughters to have a meaningful career, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the, the real reason is we need to be talking about this, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. We need to be sitting and talking and not just... And problem solving um, too. Problem solving, exactly. Yeah. What are, exactly. what are those actionable steps that you can take away? Because I think people get just frustrated with the state of things because they want to do something. Exactly. But they walk away from a networking event or, or a group event mm -hmm. with nothing to follow up with. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, so that's what we've been trying to do. We're on um, this year, um, November 15th, will mm -hmm. be our fourth annual event. And um, talk a little bit about the evolution of the group because it wasn't, it was meant to be an event. It turned mm -hmm. into an organization. 
Um, we use 40 by 80, which is Pittsburgh Tech Council's um, 501c3 is our fiduciary mm -hmm. for nonprofits. So now we have sponsors. Um, we collect money and offer scholarships to mid-career women in tech wow. to help them kind of get to that next level in their career and, and to really um, develop as leaders. See, I love this because we're, we're oftentimes so focused on younger people emerging. and emerging yeah. and mm -hmm. students yeah. and getting the kids. But we forget that there are a lot of people in their mid to late 30s and their 40s and 50s that yep. have been chugging along really with no roadmap at all. They're the ones that have allowed for people to follow, right? right. And they need support too with yes. that next step. Like you said, that, that if we want things to change, the leadership has to change. Well, how are we going to do that? Well, yeah. if we support women to become those leaders, exactly. then maybe we'll, we'll have a place at these tables. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it's something that what I'm excited about this year's event is that um, we've got some really bold people on our board. So mm. once, once we became a, an organization, you know, a volunteer, lots of great volunteers came forward, but uh, again, it was kind of down to me, and it's like I have uh, other things. You in had my life. no idea where you were getting I into. I had no <laughs> idea. What I was You're like, like, I'm just going to throw an event. It's it, going to be fun. Yeah, exactly. You're like, and oh, now it's my life's fun. calling, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> it's a passion, that's for sure. But um, some amazing people step forward. And um, on our board, we have, I don't know if any of these names will ring a bell. I Luke, bet they will. Luke Hammerlingo, mm -hmm. who is a partner at Five Star. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Tony Murphy, who's a senior VP at Comcast Business. Wow. Um, youngest African-American millennial VP at Comcast. Wow. An amazing woman. Um, if you guys go to the event, you'll meet her. She's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Um, to have her on the show. Yeah. yeah. I feel oh, like yeah. I say For this at least sure. twice a show now. It's like, I we need to have her on. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. You'll be blown away. Love it. I, um, we have a woman named Julia DeVacus, who is a, more of a scientist, Ooh, but cool. she's doing program management and incident management, which kind of has a tech flavor, sure. um, from Thermo Fisher Scientific, and then um, Kathleen Lovett from mm -hmm. Thermo Fisher Scientific. And that's sort of an interesting story. Um, when I was starting this, um, trying to get the event plan and figure out, honestly, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, somebody introduced me to Kathleen Lovett, who mm -hmm. had just been displaced at U.S. Steel mm -hmm. as an IT director. Again, mm -hmm. another mm -hmm. lifelong, you know, career IT person. And um, so she had three months of, of a window, right, to kind of like do more volunteering, et cetera. She's a very busy person. She's got children and et cetera. But, and then she landed this job at Thermo Fisher Scientific, like right around the time we were having the event. And so she's been a huge supporter Going in, now she's a global VP for Thermo Fisher Scientific wow. in IT and, you know, has brought kind of some of their um, thought leadership to, um, to the event and to the program. And so let's see, I'm going to make sure I didn't miss anybody. And Denise Fay. Mm -hmm. So we have Kathleen, Lou, Tony, Julia, myself, and Denise. And Denise is a longtime IT person from PPG, mm -hmm. which is where I spent most of my career. She's a very cool person. She started at age... 18 working in the data center changing tapes oh, boy. Right? oh wow so Back how cool is that yeah. right wow. and then just kind of you know worked in various different jobs in IT all through she got her master's in um, telecommunications and data wow. and and just continues and so she's still actually working at PPG I don't know how she keeps doing it but she's also on our board and is very passionate about women in tech and making sure that we're kind of building a legacy here in mm. Pittsburgh yeah because Pittsburgh's perfect right right it's yep. small enough yep. that Our everybody tech scene kinda... is still kind of nation. Yeah, yeah exactly. like you can still move it. Yeah, you, you can, can still move it. Yeah. It's not too, you know, solidified. We yet. can have that influence. And mm -hmm. so this year at the event, we've got 
you know, two people from a diversity consulting group to mm-hmm. talk about there are women out there in tech. You got to find them. Yeah. Because oh, I yeah. hear people say, oh, there aren't any women. We can't find any women. We have oh, to yeah. build the pipeline. We have to go, you know, get the elementary school girls. It's like, no, there's a no. lot of women out there. Yeah. Yeah. We're here. Yeah. yeah. We're yeah, here exactly. in all industries. Yeah. yeah for sure. <laughs> yes. And tech, tech needs a lot of different skills, not yes. just coders, yep. right? Yeah. You need people with good project management skills, mm-hmm. communication skills. Yeah. So, so that that piece of it. I mean, everybody wants the engineers, and and for sure we need to get more women into engineering. But at, at our event last year, we had Carnegie Mellon um, School of Computer Science, fifty percent mm. female. Wow. Wow, I didn't realize that's that. Oh. It was a concerted effort. They started in 1999. See, that's so interesting. Yeah, and, and but it can be done. Deliberate. It's it was deliberate. deliberate. Yeah. It was yep. focused. Mm-hmm. So you you mentioned that the reason mid-career women um, drop out isn't always that they you know to tend to their families or have right, children. Right. Right. What is there one reason, or is there it's sort of a collection of reasons? What is the motivation between you put time and effort, presumably mm-hmm. education, into this career to this point? But you get to a point where what happens? You're feeling too discouraged, you're not feeling that there's anywhere for you to move up or to improve on your skills. What's the, or there's a, maybe there's a formula or a mix of Yeah, that's of interesting. I don't, I don't know that I know the answer, but I do know that in, inclusive thinking yeah. has a real, um, is, is really a big part of it. So, so it's that thought process of number one, um, because you're different than me, mm-hmm. you don't, and because you don't spend all your free time playing with computers, you therefore don't have the skills necessary to make something happen. Mm-hmm. So, so there's a little bit of that um, preconceived bias mm-hmm. that men might have towards people who aren't like them. Mm-hmm. And really, it, it, tell me more. <laughs> Imagine that. I, know. I would have known. So, some guess I've ever mentioned. I think, that. I think what it does is it just cre- it saps your energy. That's, yeah, that's what I. Yeah. You become to. drained, and I think this idea of constantly that you were saying earlier uh, before we were recording of having to prove yourself over yeah. and over, over and yeah. it drains on you, wears on you. I think by the time you're in your mid to late thirties or early forties, mm-hmm. you're like, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Right. There are men younger than me at this company that are my boss. Mm-hmm. Like this there's something wrong here. Right, yeah. <laughs> so how, how do you change that sort of that narrative? Well, I think there's, I think there's a couple of things. There's helping women with support in terms mm-hmm. of, y- yes, you should be confident. Yes. Here's some things that you can do that maybe don't come as naturally because you're not going out for beers with the guys. You're going home to take care of your kids. Right. right? So, so there's things you can do to consciously manage your career, develop leadership and, and really develop, instill that confidence. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. things companies can do to actively seek out mm-hmm. women and minorities for, for those kinds of positions and developing the next leader. Um, so, so it's a mix of things. And I do put a lot of it back to career development mm-hmm. and having those formal and informal mentors and sponsors and role models and people you can look up to. So if I look up in my organization which right now I've looked to myself <laughs> um, and, and say, I, nobody looks like me. Mm-hmm. There yeah. isn't one woman who's raising a family mm-hmm. who's, you know, done these things and who can look at me and say, oh, I see you. I see myself in you. Right. Yeah. And, and I think that's part of it is just having that sort of, oh, yeah, it's just expected that you're going to get to the next level. And women get frustrated and often there are communication gaps. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Everybody yeah. gets frustrated when there are communication gaps, sure. but if there isn't a natural rapport. So I, I don't want to attribute, I 
kind of hesitate to attribute it to any sure. one thing. Yeah. yeah, and it's not a monolith. Women yeah. aren't yeah. monolith. Yeah. You not know? every woman is going to have that same kind right. of... Right, but I do think, like you right. said, there are things that can change structurally, obviously from the company's perspective, too. Yeah. And, you know? Well, and I think not to be penalized for, you know, right. if you offer programs... Um, I was, I had uh, work from home when I, you know, both my children were born in the early 90s, 90 and 93, and I worked from home for a period of time. Well, I, I was on a four-day work week, mm -hmm. and I got paid 80%, but I did 100%. You probably did 120%. And, yeah, and I got com <laughs> I got comments like, oh, must be nice. How was vacation? You know, I mean, yeah. those kind wow. of things which are just like, okay, this, this isn't going to last because I'm being penalized for, you know, mm -hmm. using this benefit yeah. that... We negotiated, so so that was year, that was honestly years ago, right? That was 1990. But I don't know how much some of the larger organizations have progressed. I think that culture is very sticky, right? Yeah. When you, this right. is who we are, right? And if men aren't taking advantage of those programs to to assist with childcare and to be yeah. part of children, then it's it's always kind of seen as something that's a penalty or something lesser, or you know that's right. You know that's it's it's that on behalf of the company there it's really incumbent upon them to make sure that both men and women yeah. are being offered these because it shouldn't just be women who are you know taking 80 yeah. percent i mean that's a significant pay that's a for a lot of yeah, people my goodness. and you mentioned too when before we started recording about uh, the idea of, of of networking groups that there weren't a lot of women right. it networking do you do you think that has changed or do you think it is is still kind of a field where you know, because I know there's a lot of journalism networking groups, mm -hmm. a lot of, you know, lawyers and, yes. and accountants and so forth. They all have sort of professional, you know, professional slash social mm -hmm. um, organizations where you can just go and like complain about work or find mentors. mentors too. Yeah, find mentors. Mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Do you think that in IT that's changed or do you think that there's still a little bit of um, cultural disconnect? There? Well, what I, what I see with IT now, and I think some of it's actually Pittsburgh, mm -hmm. to tell you yeah. the truth. Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a great national organization called SIMS, Society of Information Managers, mm -hmm. and they have a strong women's group. And there's um, there's uh, the cybersecurity group, RSA, and they have a strong women's group. So a lot of the larger networking organizations are starting to form mm -hmm. sort of women's interest groups within them. But um, in Pittsburgh, there's a new group called Mom's Code. Yes. Right, yep. which yeah. is like, yep. I think that's fabulous. That's really right? cool. They're really mm -hmm. trying to make sure it's like, if you're a stay-at-home mom, you can, first of all, learn to code, be mm -hmm. in the industry, and, you know, make a pretty good mm -hmm. living, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that that's changing, but but I will say, uh, it's strange to me that Pittsburgh doesn't have a sim chapter. I mean, we're a big mm. enough city, we have enough going on, yeah, that you'd think time. that you'd have some more of these national groups. So so that's part of the challenge. I think um, just talked recently with some people who are starting a WITI chapter. Mm. WITI is Women in women in technology international i think mm -hmm. it is and um so they're starting at the universities which is great because that's kind of like getting girls and then sure. reaching out to the professional organizations to help mentor with the college um, groups so it's it's coming mm -hmm. yeah. but it is kind of surprising i think sometimes you you have to have the people with the passion the energy and the will mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. yeah right and then you also have to have enough participation to keep things going mm -hmm. So yeah. you also sit on the advisory board for 412 Food Rescue, mm -hmm, correct? Mm -hmm. um, and what I thought they've done really well is utilizing tech to further their mission. And if people don't know, they have an app where you can be a food rescuer yeah. and you plug in your location. 
they'll let you know where the closest pickup for, you know, food that's going to be wasted is at. Mm -hmm. And then you take it to a space that needs the food, which I think is so cool. It's like an Uber run for food and anybody can do it. Um, Did you have any hand in developing uh, the idea for that? Or what, what is your role working with 412 Food Um, Rescue? Because what they do is just great. I I have to give all credit to, to Leah and, um, and Giselle who were kind of like started the program, but um, my role was really actually very sort of corporate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so when they first developed it, and it had nothing to do with the idea, it was really more about the process. How do you go about um, putting together a request for proposal for somebody to develop the software and make sure mm-hmm. that what you need to have done gets delivered? Right. Because yeah. startups, it's difficult. They don't often have a lot of funding. And you mm-hmm. need, I, I bought software and software services for a long time in my career. So I understand what works and what doesn't and what you have to expect to be delivered. So it was very much a sort of a corporate business role. Sure. Yeah. Less of the creative, wouldn't wouldn't I love to come up with all the good ideas, but sometimes... <laughs> hey, but somebody has to get them done. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and sometimes you need somebody way. who understands process. Absolutely. And yeah. the risks associated with it, because it's yeah. easy to be sold, especially with software. It's easy to be sold. Oh, yeah, we can do that. Mm-hmm. The whole suite of this or that. And then $60,000 later, you're like, yeah. oh, no. Right. We're not uh, even really done, are we? Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly what we had in mind. Exactly. <laughs> So how did you help them navigate that space? Um, well, when they went around to the um, the second sort of phase, mm-hmm. they put out bids. I helped evaluate the bids and sat with the vendors. And it was really very much like the work that I did in my corporate wow. environment. But just bringing some of that experience and skills to the table. Yeah, so. I think that's so invaluable because to have women like you a part of these types of nonprofits, because a lot of times with nonprofits, you know, or, or smaller organizations in general, they just don't have that reach or that network mm-hmm. to even be able to pull someone in with that kind of expertise yeah. that has that capability and also the desire to give back to the community yeah, in absolutely. those ways. And and being able to do that, I think, really legitimizes mm-hmm. the work that they're doing and allows it to go a lot further. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, I'm a great advocate for them. In fact, I have a niece and a nephew who just moved to Philadelphia. And I immediately sent them a note when the because 412 Food it's Rescue is going to be Philly Food Rescue. I can't remember what they're going to call it, but amazing. yeah, it's just launching. Yeah. So it's like, you guys need to get involved. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so speaking of nonprofits, and, and this is a bit of a segue. I don't know if you guys know. Um, so one of the things I get to do with my copious free time <laughs> <laughs> is um, I help at um, Carnegie Mellon University. Their junior IS program has a mm. project class. And they have a big slug in um, their junior year next year. So I'm helping them find... Um, you know, community partners for an IS project. So um, as an example, if you're a a nonprofit, think of like um, 412 Food Rescue. Of course, they have funding for their development, but, you know, you need um, a very very specific area where IT or an IT program can help further your mission. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, some really talented students and, and qualified faculty advisors to work with you to put a program together to say, what can we deliver in a semester that will help further your mission? And it gives great sort of real world experience to the students. So I'm working now, the fun I get to do is meet with people from various nonprofits to talk about what their projects might be and how they might fit into that program. How hard is so, that though? Because I'm sure there's so many nonprofits where you're just like, there's too many. There's so many that need help. Um, do you run into that problem where you're like, oh, I wish I could help them all? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think sometimes it's just... Uh, 
it, timing. It, it's yeah. timing. Yeah. You know, yeah. I went to this thing called Workshop Pittsburgh, and there were a bunch of people there, Urban Redevelopment Authority, and met with a guy from River Innovation, mm -hmm. and he's got some ideas. And I was at playing golf, and I met a woman who's trying to start a nonprofit um, around obstetric. It, I can't go into it because I don't understand it well enough. But <laughs> obstetric trauma is what she calls it. So, wow. um, just yeah. So there's a lot. You're right. There's yeah. a lot out there, and how do you reach them, talk to them, get their story, so you can appropriately evaluate it that's it's it's that reaching into the community pittsburgh is small enough everybody you talk to knows one or two mm -hmm. other people yeah mm -hmm. that's so, very true yeah. yeah so tell us about the um event coming up in november yes yes okay so the event coming up in november is november 15th mm -hmm. it's a thursday um it's going to be held at the august wilson center beautiful. downtown love beautiful that venue space. Yep. i know mm -hmm. it's, i'm so excited um and we're our program is we're going to have a keynote um mm -hmm. of a uh the CIO for UPMC to talk about what male advocates can do to further women in tech. Oh, okay. So men. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, they lot need of, to do the work too. That's yeah. right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then we're going to have a panel with, um, we've got Linda Topoloski from the Allegheny conference wow. responsible for workforce development. Yeah. We've got, um, Jisoo Young from Duolingo, who's a is, kind yeah. of key recruiter. Oh, neat. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. We've got a couple people from, um, Audrey Russo is going to, moderate sure so she's yeah. the best and then we've got a couple people from a group called ivy group consulting mm -hmm. who do diversity and inclusion consulting so so the whole key of that panel is going to be to this is what you can do to find diverse talent mm -hmm. those people are out there don't just keep using your same old techniques and say they're not there right yep here's some real specific actionable things so that's we're finally there after four years yeah. of really trying to deliver that's actionable. so fantastic yeah so yeah It'll be fun. And of course, we're, we have a sit with me booth so people can get their picture um, in, um, you know, in the red chair and cocktails and networking. And it's a lot of fun. It's very high energy group. You get, you know, it's probably usually about 70% female. Wow. So of, of all ages and stages of their career, it's, it's a really a great event. That's fantastic. Well, yeah. we're really excited for all the th wonderful things that you're doing now that you're semi-retired. I know. <laughs> I you, know. Sound, you sound even busier <laughs> than you were when you were working, and it sounds yeah. like you were pretty busy when you were working, too. But, but joyful, right? Yes. Yeah. It's and all They always stuff. say, busy women get it done. Yeah. So I think you're a perfect so, testament aw. to that. And you guys are sweet. We're just yeah. so happy that you were able to come on and share your story, and I learned so much. Oh my gosh, I know. This is so cool, and yeah. it's, it's great to see the work that you're doing is taking root here in the community and hopefully going to shape the conversation and at least have a big part in that yeah. conversation as well. So thank, thank you, you so much. And thank you for what you do. I'm yeah. going to start listening to podcasts. Good. Oh, yeah. great. Start with us. We have recommendations for you. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Thanks cool. to Charon Law Offices for sponsoring today's show and Julia Pepping. Thanks so much for spending some time with us. We appreciate it. Thanks for having us. The Broadcast Podcast is proud to be a member of the Sorgatron Media family.